0: wmqa hello and welcome to wmqa i'm dan Grote and i'm matt laswitz and this week's guest is the co-writer of the dc miniseries nubia and the amazons stephanie williams welcome stephanie
1: hey how are you all
0: fantastic <laughs> uh, fine. so uh what are some of the first comics that you remember reading
1: Ew, um i would have to say uh avengers west coast avengers go figure okay um also a lot of lot of archie a lot of archie Digest, too those were easier to like sneak in the cart just <laughs> like right there they're smaller um but it was a lot of archie um batman um i'm blinking on the era but like when you have those like really weird pointy ears yep, yep, i mean yep. yeah.
2: yeah the yes. mid 90s kelly jones Doug mensch batman era yep <laughs>
1: Yes, um, because I don't know, like it just looked cool on the comic rack because once upon a time ago, like you can get your comics at the grocery store. That was a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember seeing that um, (laughs) Spider-Man 2099 because I really just love the suit colors. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing it um, in the animated series um, when they briefly had that. I thought it was a fever dream, but it (laughs) it existed. (laughs) So um, that's some of some of everything. It even is. comic strips i keep forgetting about those but the sunny the sunday funnies um my grandfather would fuss at me a lot because i would take the paper before he could get to it <laughs> and i would like destroy it just trying to get to the funnies
2: what were your funnies of choice
1: uh it's so boondocks i grew up in chicago so that was like a it was a must read mm-hmm. um what is the name of the one uh with the cave the no he's a viking
2: hagar the horrible
1: Yes, um, because um, so Dollar Tree also once upon a time ago used to sell like comic related stuff. They would actually have the, I guess the compendiums of uh, the comic strips. So uh, Hagar was one of them. I think Garfield, um, Family Circus might've been another one. Uh, They also used to sell like really cool Marvel books. So you can get like an X-Men villains and uh, X-Men good guys one. And it was like X-Men TAS it was actually really you know what the dollar tree used to be really cool i'm sorry i just thought about that how cool (laughs) it used to be they even had like the jurassic park books too oh
0: very cool very cool um so west coast avengers as like a as like a first comic huh
1: yeah um that is one that is like kind of out left field um and the way that happened is my grandmother loved going to the thrift store and i quickly found like you could find, you know, comics that people weren't necessarily interested in because they weren't worth anything um, mm-hmm. at, at the thrift store. So West Coast Avengers was one of those ones I picked up and it happened to be like right in the middle of the Crystal uh, Black Knight and Cersei okay. situation. Yeah, um, the bomber jacket era. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Hmm. you know what uh, grandma this kind of reminds me of those soap operas that you like to watch but the only difference is like these people are supposed to be saving lives well i guess general hospital they're saving lives too but <laughs> they're also destroying lives too as they destroy buildings and everything else
0: mm-hmm. no I, absolutely i think that you know i used to rag on my mom for for you know watching soap operas and then i started reading x-men and i'm like no oh. <laughs> it's the same <laughs>
1: even that animated series is very soap opery too well yeah because i'm like it's a direct lift uh, oftentimes from the comics too
0: yeah i mean that's why a lot of people's fondest memory of the animated series is a a scene of wolverine gingerly touching a photo yes (laughs) (laughs) which is apparently now an action figure that you can
1: buy (laughs) you know what I was very close to buying that action figure too, but I just could not get myself to um, the price point. I tried to talk myself into it, and I just I couldn't. I'm like, that is a couple trips to the grocery store. Maybe you don't you don't mm-hmm. need Logan that bad.
0: <laughs> uh, one 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 day you'll 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 stumble upon it at a show in like the you know discount section maybe not maybe not tomorrow maybe you know but (laughs) at some point
1: (laughs) or i'll be watching um antique road show 35 years from now directly beamed into my mind and (laughs) something will be uh selling that and it'll be worth i don't know like twenty thousand twenty thousand dollars and i'll be twenty thousand dollars and i'll be like um hmm I guess it was worth 200 after all, after all. So uh, I'll still be paying my uh, student loans off. So, uh, cause those don't seem to be going away anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't think about them, then they're not there. So I'm sorry for bringing it up.
0: No, no, that's okay. <laughs> We're going to make them disappear very quickly. So uh, yeah, you are, you're working on uh, Nubia and the Amazons at DC uh, with, with uh, Vidayala, Alita Martinez, uh, Mark Morales, whole bunch of talented folks uh, looking at Themiscaran society while Nubia is in charge in the absence of Diana and Apolita. Um How did this opportunity come about?
1: Ooh, um <laughs> you know, I'm still taken aback uh, by that, just the whole thing, because, uh, wow, what a year it's been. Um, so Vita hit me up one day and was like, hey, would you be interested in writing some Amazons? I'm like, I yes of course um so they were like okay great because i gave um a copy of living heroes to the editor here um and you you know you may hear something so i sure enough heard something it was the week of um uh, voices legacy dropping
0: oh wow okay
1: so yeah just imagine right um so i talked to uh the editor Brittany. um we just have like a general conversation about just diana uh, Wonder Woman, the other Amazons, how I got me too uh, introduced to like DC Comics and um, Diana sp- specifically as a character. And I talked to her all for like an hour and 30 minutes because if you ask me to talk about comics, then I will talk about comics with you. And then um, she re- she really got herself in trouble when she started talking about the Dora because she had read my piece on them. I was like, oh, well, we're really about to have a conversation now um, because... <laughs> You know, I often thought of the Amazons and the Dora Milaje very similar, right? Um, Only difference is that uh, they're in the worlds that they live in, but they're still a sisterhood of women, Um, and that was something that I I love, and I wanted to see more of out of um, just the Wonder Woman uh, titles and just between the Amazons. Like, Mm -hmm. I would like to. I would like to be, point to somebody or show them a picture of, let's say, uh, Philippus or Artemis or um, even Hippolyta or Sophia. And for someone to be like, I know exactly who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, So in order to do that is to give them a little bit more personality and things like that. So that's kind of what we talked about. Um, and then I was invited to uh, write a short story for Wonder Woman, Black and Gold too, which um, just so happened to involve Nubia and Diana. Um Again, that was, the whole reason why I wanted to write that story was to show the friendship between these two. Um, they're highly competitive, but that doesn't mean that um, they don't have that sisterly love from one another. So um, I don't know, I think that was like a week or two after I turned that script in and Vita's like, hey, so you want to talk about Nubia? In my mind, I thought it was a reference to the uh, short story that I had written. So like for like an hour, we did like this weird back and forth where we were talking about two very different things. Till so finally, it was like, no, 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 that's fine. I am talking about Nubia and the Amazon. It's like, what are you thinking for Nubia for the series? And I was like, wait, what? So that's how I found out that I was writing <laughs> in the Amazons. Now. It is no one else's fault but mine uh, this was mentioned very early on but um i don't know it's just something that hadn't really crossed my mind because not to discount myself as a writer but mm-hmm. i haven't been writing prose comics very long and like this is a tremendous undertaking mm-hmm. um and one that i don't take lightly um an opportunity to uh, be a part of so early on in my professional comics writing career is um it's not lost on me at all so once I got off got over that initial shock uh which I still battle with from time to time um it was time to get to work because hey I, I you know it's a character I've talked about before and you know her history or the lack thereof and seeing the potential there and it's just um I don't know it's a huge blessing to be able to kind of create that for her now
0: absolutely Um, you know you've been you've been writing about comics for for quite some time now
1: yeah
0: you know how does that how do you feel like that that has prepared you you know now that you're you're on the other side of that fence
1: absolutely um and at first I, i couldn't figure out how it would but um you know after turning in the first script and kind of reading it back and getting notes and stuff. And I just realized all the little stuff about comics that I love were present in that first script um, or in the first book. So, um, and that only comes from being able to pay attention to those things while covering comics to Mm -hmm. pick up on, um, you know, (laughs) why a writer will refuse, like not refuse, but not give too much information here but really, show it in the in the action, or, or just in the artwork itself, and letting the story breathe and the pacing, and um, you know, even dialogue. Um, I hadn't realized how much uh, some of the more uh, the comics that I read where the, the characters are a little bit uh, have a little bit more gravitas than when they talk. Being able to apply that to uh, the gods, and also just how the Amazons speak, because it's very different. And how we would speak and just you know just noticing like these little things that I inherently knew and then actually seeing them in practice and then going back and being able to uh look at books like Understanding Comics and saying, okay so yeah you actually do know <laughs> what you're doing um I guess I too am amazed but no like it, it, it's all there and it's and Vita is just so great because um writing with them um working on the story um and just kind of doing the scripting and then having them there to kind of say hey see what you're doing here what if you did this or like what it be massaged out a little bit so um that's all been helpful because I feel like a lot of stuff I probably wouldn't have really understood the way that I needed to if I wasn't covering comics prior
2: um, were you and v- or Vita involved in the recruiting for the rest of the creative team on the book?
1: No, um, everyone's kind of like assembled like the Avengers, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the moment that, that I found that out, found out that uh, Alita was a part of the book, I am um, damn near passed out because like Alita Martinez to me is like, um, in my top five of comic artists. Um, she's been around for such a long time and has such longevity um, and her work shows, like you know her art when you see it. So um, I was just like, wow, someone, I should probably pinch myself um, <laughs> because like, you know, what are the odds? Um, even having someone like Mark Morales on doing the inks, like a legend himself. Mm-hmm. So, and Amelia Lopez on the colors, uh, no, uh, The editorial team did a fantastic job putting everybody together.
0: Uh, You know, I was going to say, you know, Aletha is somebody who I've liked since, uh, she did did an X-Men Gold Annual, and I think like 2018 was the first time that I I, I came upon her stuff. But you've also got all these amazing variant covers coming in. I was just looking at one from Judy Ba uh, earlier today, and then I saw another couple more from Daryl Banks, who, I mean, that's DC royalty right there right? You know, when you're doing, you know, your, your first series like this and your inbox is filling up with, with this art for your story, like, what is that feeling?
1: Um, (laughs) damn, I can't show anybody this until (laughs) (laughs) they say that I can. So like, you're sitting on this gold for months Mm -hmm. and you just want to shout about it and you can't, um, it's an amazing feeling. Like that's the Daryl Banks cover for issue four with Nubia and the Manticore I just um I still can't put it into words how much I love that cover um it's just so I don't know like <laughs> the colors alone um I'm from Chicago so to kind of mm-hmm. see that backdrop there the skyline and the, the them fighting on the lakefront it was just really surreal um and he just he just gets Nubia happy to say that um he has some involvement commented with issue four so you get to see more of that art okay yeah yeah
0: you mentioned your son before we started recording uh, i don't know you know is he is he old enough to kind of be like you know get excited when you when you know you come out and you're like mommy's writing this you know awesome wonder woman comic something like that
1: he, yeah he is to a degree um so he is like really starting to pay attention to superheroes and stuff like that. It's all <laughs> my fault <laughs> um so <laughs> he's realizing like who was who and um i think when alita has sent the sketches for uh direction that we were going to go for like nubia's final costume and mm-hmm. all of that um i had it on my as a background <laughs> for my computer screen because it was just gorgeous and he walked in and he was like mommy who's that and i was like um that's nubia and of course i just told him like you know wonder woman okay, she's just like, she's similar to Wonder Woman, not the same. I'm just trying to like separate the two now, but Mm -hmm. for your convenience right now, they're very similar. And he was like, oh, that looks so cool. So he was like, so you're writing that? And I'm like, yeah. So when he finally got the comic, um, when I got my comps or whatever, he was like, this is really cool. Going through the pages and all of that. So that's been really fun. And also I'm working on a couple projects that he'll Mm -hmm. really get a kick out of because they're from properties that he really enjoys. And I'm really excited for him to see those things whenever they're out.
0: It's awesome. That is so great. Yeah. Um, So Nubia's uh, backstory, continuity, uh, whatever you want to call it, like so many other DC characters has shifted over the years with each crisis or, or reboot or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been Diana's twin sister. She's been Wonder Woman before Diana. Uh, sometimes she had an apostrophe in her name. Uh, what are... What are the important things to know for somebody who's coming into this series who doesn't know anything about the character?
1: Um, so, uh, her like um, like the rest of the Amazons have a um, uh, a sisterhood that they they stick to, um, and sometimes that can lead them astray mm-hmm. um, and cause some some frictions, and also just some questioning of uh, their position in within them scare and the rest of man's world but um for the newbie that i am writing um i would say um those first couple of appearances of hers from 204 and uh 206 mm-hmm. uh wonder woman that is uh where you have this woman who comes in and <laughs> is just is determined um confident and ready to uh take her rightful crown um so i took that and i thought about him was like okay so we know that she's strong we know that she can um you know she can hold her on in a fight but what are those um what is her time as champion done to her um so exploring mm-hmm. that and the fact that these women have been a long, have been alive for a really long time that kind of changes your perspective your percep- uh perception of things mm-hmm um relationships um again like your your place in the world even if you are um immortal um so just kind of looking at that and challenging some things um within her where you get to see hopefully beyond surface level of you know this this badass with a sword like you get to see a fully complete person so i would say um if you want a place to start with nubia just know that
0: she is just, she's one of the other Amazons. Okay. <laughs> and also there's a number one that just came out. <laughs> Get yes. everything you need to know. <laughs> Great jumping on point <laughs> slash stocking stuffer.
2: <laughs> Speaking of that, you are, you have this whole cast of Themyscira. Uh Who are some of the other Amazons that people should keep an eye out for in this series or, or in general? I mean, there's so many different characters. I know I was really excited to see Io come back, who's a character that I have a soft spot for from her appearances in the uh, the Rooker run.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, so that was... <laughs> so I would say pay attention to Andromeda, uh, Bia, B- uh, uh, of course, the other Amazons that we've introduced, but it's specifically those two. And I think for Andromeda, at least, you can already tell hopefully getting towards why the reading issue too. Um, and also uh, Bia, because as I said in a tweet that um, she plays an important role um, in Themyscira, um and her being there uh, along with the other Amazons that have come, but because many only spend so much time um, with them, but I've written it in a way that I hope folks would see that I'm manifesting, you know more stories to come out of this uh because i felt like if i wrote it like a mini then it would just be a mini but i felt like if i wrote it like um more things are to come which there is with trial of the amazons um mm-hmm. then there'd be more reason for folks to be interested in these women because that was the tricky part um if anything the, the thing that scared me more than actually writing nubia was introducing everyone or reintroducing everyone back to the mascara. Mm -hmm. Um, and what it means to live on that island and what life is like um, as an Amazon and also what it means to be an Amazon
0: for for people who want to do their do their homework and do the digging and kind of go back are there Mm -hmm. certain runs issues where Nubia has appeared that you think would are uh, you know good comics to read in general or 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 just kind of help inform the character the way that uh, you're writing her
1: Ooh, so <laughs> well actually, I would say young Diana um and be only okay. pops up one time um and that is in the eightieth anniversary issue. it's not in the eighty page collection, but mm-hmm. I say read young Diana because um reading that informed a lot of what I wanted to continue from that book for the mascara to be to to be um also just um the amazons and like the relationships to one another which also helped me pluck in nubia in that Mm -hmm. um because essentially like i've been writing this like nubia has been doing stuff since 73 she's never Mm -hmm. went away um is the way that i tried to approach this so it felt like she she had a lived in experience um but funny enough yeah young diana i would highly suggest reading that um and i guess if you wanted to kind of get an idea also of I guess what I was trying to inject into Nubia um, would be George R.R.'s run, um, and I would read. Actually, I would just read his entire run. I know that's a lot, but <laughs> I I did twice. Um, but like for once, uh, well before I even knew I was going to re- write this, um, and then again um, while writing it because I hadn't realized how much world building he had did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean. Yes, but I mean, like the care and attention to a lot of it, um, and how progressive it was, even still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and just his introduction to uh, introduction of the cavern of souls, um, as you can see, um, inspired our usage of the well of souls, and also the well of souls appears in Young Diana too. That,
0: that that's good because that just came out, so that'll be easy to uh, easy for folks yeah. to track down. Yes. I, I was kind of, I was kind of curious, you know, how those original uh, Bob, uh, Robert Kniger and uh, Don Heck uh, appearances might read through a modern lens. Uh, you know, whether they kind of, whether they hold up.
1: Yes and no. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question to because okay. um You know, me and older comics, we have a very special relationship where (laughs) um, (laughs) I just can't, I just can't help myself in reading them, um, even though sometimes they are very cringy. Um, But to me, I think there's, there's things there Mm -hmm. that still hold up um, and pieces to take. I don't ever think that when it comes to a character or um, a certain writer's take on them, that it is just complete. Trash because they had to have some type of foundation, <laughs> um, and we wouldn't still be talking about that character or that that writer or whatever if they didn't do something that stuck. So um, there's been some pieces to to take to take from it. Um, I wouldn't sit and eat at that table very long because you might feel sick. But <laughs> <laughs> some things nibble on.
0: Okay. I, I mean that that that's pretty much I mean, that is pretty much the case with a lot of you know gold and uh, silver yes. and bronze age comics
1: yes um because that that I, I don't know i think it's, it's a cheetah's first appearance but <laughs> it's very um it's very beady so i'm happy um and like i think cheetah is tied up or someone's tied up and someone has a whip, and it's i'm just like how did you read this as innocent like how did this <laughs> Like, how did you look at this even then and not feel scandalized? I find that very hard to believe. Like, you're just coming out of Prohibition. There's no way that, <laughs> there's no way that you're not scandalized by this. In I mean, those way, Marston but, and Peter oh, comics yeah. had
2: some subtext. <laughs> yeah. the, no, no, the subtext, like, th- this is the text. And, and the subtext is like, it, it's not, it, they're, they're touching.
1: There's, you know, they're real, real close. Some skin and muscle contact type situation. Exactly.
0: Uh, I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards.
2: <laughs> you mentioned her briefly, but B is a big deal because this is the first canonically trans Amazon. Mm hmm. where did that idea come into the process of creating this book
1: um from the very beginning um so once you know we were tasked with um kind of reinventing nubia's um backstory i was like okay great so now we can finally do something with the well of souls so in, in thinking of the well of souls, um, and then going back to George Perez's run, um, where you introduced cavernous Cavern of Souls, um, that is the first time that Themyscira didn't look so homogenous, like with the introduction of that well. So thinking of that concept and fast forward to 2021 is, all right, so how do we open up Themyscira even more? Um, and how do we challenge uh, some folks views of what, <laughs> being an Amazon means, or who can be an Amazon, so on and so forth. So um, I was like, I, we would really like the mascara to one, look very reflective of the world that we live in. um, And that includes trans women. So it was very, it was very natural. It was just a, it was just like a, I don't even want to, I don't want to call it an afterthought because that sounds callous, but Mm -hmm that's what I mean by natural, like it just like, yeah, this is exactly what we'll do. Um, Folks will more than likely pick up on the subtext, go ahead and sprinkle that in there anyway. (laughs) And um, once I saw that folks were like picking out and figuring out that there was one, one, a lot of trans allegory, but that there was really something special about BIA. I was like, yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna tell y'all anyway might as well tell you now since you've already got it. I can't wait till Friday and that was another reason why we didn't make it a we didn't want like PR to say anything about that prior to the book coming out because Mm um I don't like again like it's an it's a it's a natural thing so why make a um I don't want to say a circus around it because it also feels like unfair to say that but like Mm To make a big to-do, like it was a a thing that we wanted pats on the back for, anything like that. It's the it's the very least that we can do. Um, mm-hmm. And the more important thing was to have be exist um, definitively, so that when uh, other writers come in, they can take this character and take her to places that I simply cannot.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just because I was recently rereading bits and pieces of sandman and i got to a game of you which was incredibly important for its time and now reads a little like oh you were trying so hard and it but that end when wanda is with death and is herself and it Mm -hmm. it that kind of just seeing that and now here again that is on a continuum yeah and is not quite as just as awkward as a comic that was trying to address these things in the early 90s was
1: yeah and i mean and try and try they did, um but and that's the other thing too just thinking of that um to not have to kind of you know hopscotch around to do a thing when uh we were I, there was no problem. Like, we, we told Editorial, and they were like, okay, great. Now just, you know, like, uh, <laughs> write that down. Like, how do you like uh, the characters' features and all of these things? And like, we're good to go. So, I mean, and that's the other thing. I You know, I don't know uh, if Nubian Amazons will be the only thing I've ever written. That's not true, but at the time, I didn't know. So, um, to be in a position to um, kind of be at the forefront of the this um, this Wonder Woman content push that we're getting right now, which is fantastic, but uh, to be able to, I, I don't know, like change to change the game for it, just open things up for for other writers. That's that's the most that's the more important thing from I'm here. Then let me at least do that. Mm-hmm. There's so many great stories that can be told with these women.
2: Speaking of that, um, <laughs> we're heading towards uh, Trial of the Amazons, which you mentioned briefly the big crossover that we don't know a ton about at this point. Mm-hmm. But how much coordination is there between you, what you and Vita are doing and Michael Conrad and Becky Cloonan and Joel Jones and I mean, Vita? They're doing the Bonamigdal backups in Wonder mm-hmm. Woman now. So is there just sort of broad strokes that you have to fit in or is there those kind of summit meetings where you're discussing the oh, beat
1: Summit, <laughs> definitely <laughs> summit meetings uh, they happen bi-weekly uh for a time that we're happening weekly so um we are like getting together uh talking to one another i think this is the most that i've ever used discord in my life <laughs> so um yeah, like we're we're having conversations because we would we would really love for this um event to be one that is long lasting and has um weight to it and significance. And again, like makes it so that when you see these characters pop up in other books, like you know who they are and what they what time it is when they show up.
2: Uh, uh, oh might be an odd specifically kind of nitty gritty question after all these high-minded ones we've had. Um, the fight, how much of the fight choreography from the Victor's circle scene from issue two was scripted and how much of that was Aletha? Cause it was impressive how clean the ring combat is. So much of superhero combat like that are these sort of big martial arts. This was fast and dirty, and it looked like martial arts, ultimate fighting box, that sort of really grounded the kind of combat you'd see.
1: Uh, so this is, so I, um, so a lot of that was scripted, but I have to give Alita all, all her flowers for executing. Um, I also put on her little razzle dazzle in there too, but I was at Virginia Beach uh, was not supposed to be there. My parents wanted to take um, our son with them. And we were like, no, cause he'll be out in the middle of the ocean looking for Nemo. So we have to go. Um, so <laughs> I was like, um, well, they, they they had left and I was like trying to get the script done. And it was for me, like doing shadow fighting <laughs> and uh, trying to like think, cause when I think of the Amazons and them fighting, Again, I think of like, kind of like the Dora Milaje has a lot of hand-to-hand combat and it would be extremely gritty. Um, so I knew way back when I suggested Amazon Fight Club and it wasn't shot down and it was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds cool. And I was like, <laughs> okay, great. So to think of the most grittiest fights that I could think of, I think I watched the Raid 2 several times um, and a few, Rumble in the Bronx. A lot of older martial arts movies that I enjoyed growing up, and some newer newer ones too. Um, kind of watching that, and also, I hate to tell y'all that I watched this, but three hundred. Um, I don't know why. I was just like, if I throw if I if I throw three hundred and Gladiator into this mix and I mix it all up, um, maybe a lot of that won't stick but some of the stuff that's important will, um, but everything else will come from like the raid and um, <laughs> drunken master and things like that.
0: You, you just get to write it off as research.
1: Yeah. If
0: anybody <laughs> walk, walked in on you <laughs> watching it, you just yell research. <laughs> uh, so uh, in, the, in the background of the first two issues, there's this subplot developing regarding the head of Medusa and a malevolent force that has escaped from Doom's doorway, which was you know, Nubia's former charge guarding, guarding Doom's doorway. Uh, besides being a mythological character, which obviously, uh, you know, Damascus uh, is steeped in, in classical mythology, uh, what makes Medusa a good foil for this series?
1: Uh, because she will challenge a lot of um, what Nubia saw as herself um, while being champion of uh, Doom's Doorway. So, um, you know, the way that I look at that position or just Doom's door, Doorway in general is as a prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think of it that way, then the mascara itself is just kind of like this really pretty face to this prison that these Amazons have been charged over um, and Nubia given the big task of being like the guardian for the door. So Mm -hmm. if anything were to escape, it is on her to make sure that it doesn't do any more damage than it should. So when thinking of Medusa and just um, how she's appeared in Greek mythology and just retellings and everything else, Um, I thought okay so she's popped up in Wonder Woman before several times but we always kind of have it be this one note type of fight right Mm -hmm. Um, Medusa gets her head or whatever she's turning people to stone Diana has to deal with it and then Medusa is no more so Okay, so then what happens when we kind of challenge um, Medusa's backstory and then also juxtapose to um, Nubia's role as kind of like this warden Mm -hmm. of Dune's Doorway. So um, are we giving you a classical Greek mythology character? Absolutely, but Mm -hmm. just know that you're not going to be getting the same story that you might be expecting. There's a reason why I chose Medusa, um, Mm -hmm. and why I thought she would work so well against Nubia. Because again, like we know that Nubia is a badass. Mm -hmm. That's not up for debate. But what are the other components to her that you know fit into that and make her a badass? And like, what does it look like when she kind of has to question some of that? Mm -hmm. And Medusa allows an avenue to be able to do that.
0: Okay, I I I was kind of (laughs) curious. what version of you know i i I go down so many rabbit holes when i'm I'm, I'm prepping for an interview you know so i'm looking at research on on medusa and her origins of classical mythology and then i'm like well wait a minute this is a one of the most obvious greek mythological characters she's probably appeared in dc comics before so now i'm reading the wikipedia page for medusa the dc comics character i'm like oh geez which threads are we pulling out here but also i'm like you know what we're not I'm not you know we're also not here to spoil the story so <laughs> I'm gonna let myself be confused and then be surprised later
1: <laughs> yes um and that's another reason why I was like this is the perfect character because no one will know anything because no matter how much research you do um I just I mean just be along for the ride I promise yes. you um it's worth it um and hopefully everybody comes out on the other side of it okay. Because trial of the Amazons um, still has to happen. Because this is the prelude um, into that. So it's a it's a lot of movesy, um, moving pieces and trust mm-hmm. me, um, momentous tasks. Because to reintroduce folks to Nubia as she is in this DC universe. Um, and also again, like the Mascarin culture and the Amazons and all of this, that's a lot. And they realized. I mean, I saw the Nubia and the Amazons, but when you really get to thinking about it, it's just like, yeah, like you're not who's gonna care about this queen if they don't know anything about our subjects?
2: I, on the other hand, having been having read most of DC's output for 30 years, I'm like, okay, so I guess this means that with all the muddle of continuity, especially after the new 52, I guess this does mean that that. Big fight during the Rucker run between Wonder Woman and Medusa is still in continuity because so many things are, so many things aren't. No, I've gone cross eyed again. <laughs> But that's the great. But
0: that's the. Great, I mean, I. I I'm not going to speak for Stephanie here. But that's the great thing, right? Like with with Infinite Frontier, nothing and everything matters at the same time. Yeah. Right. But that that
2: there's the, there's an issue where Wonder Woman fights Medusa during Greg Rucka's run. That is one of my favorite Wonder Woman stories. Uh, and I'm like, yes. oh boy, it looks like that still happened. I mean, not that it matters. It still happened in my heart. But it it it's still you uh, factoring in marvelous. <laughs>
1: yeah you know um so I don't know if this is going to be end up being a gift or a curse but um because of like the way that I cover comics and you know loving to do the deep dives and Mm -hmm. venture into the older comics and stuff like that I feel some of um my need to I don't know like for for folks who have been keeping up with Wonder Woman for so long for them to also feel like hey I kind of know where this this came from or i can see inspiration here or yeah is this thing still in continuity i don't know maybe um but also at the same time making it feel fresh and new for folks who have not been keeping up with wonder woman or anything dc it's still to to still feel as though like they have an idea of of like okay so this is a world that i can get into Mm -hmm.
0: I, I will say, in doing my reading on, on on you know Medusa, the DC character, I stumbled upon a, a story that I'm assuming is from the 1970s, where a bunch of harpies trapped Hal Jordan in a roller disco. Mm-hmm. So now I now I have to track that down.
1: <laughs> uh, you should actually.
2: Well, I think I know where I'm finding you for Christmas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Makes my life easier.
2: There
0: we go. <laughs> um all said and done what is what's the the biggest way that writing nubia has challenged you versus you know what you've the things you've written in the past
1: oh it just challenged me momentously um because one like i've done like a lot of either two pagers or something like this so this is like a full you know like a series so uh, again like pacing things out and you know it's really hard to start a comic, like, I never, so what I mean by that is like the opening, like how, like just just the opening of things. I think of like a TV a TV show and some of the ones that I really love, like there's a really cool opening that guarantees that I'm gonna stick around before the commercials start. Well, once mm-hmm. upon a time when that was like a thing, um, but <laughs> just trying to writing like the, the opening, like how do you you open it? Cause the middle stuff like that's cool, but that opening and close is just so important. Uh, one's to keep the reader around and then two, the, that ending so that they'll want to pick up another book because it's a monthly thing. <laughs> so uh, trying to make it you know, engaging enough in that way, um, dialogue is hard as hell to write, um, which is just so weird because we talk every day, but I, I don't think we realize how redundant our speech can be sometimes.
2: Sure. So mm-hmm.
1: to read it back, it's just like, oh, wait, we don't, <laughs> they already know this the reader also already knows this. You're just saying it again in like a different way. So cut this line out and let's let mm-hmm. the artwork, um, you know, do some, of, do some of the work too, because it's, it's there to work in concert. Um, my outline sucked prior to this. Um, I have Vita to thank for that. Um, and I probably didn't suck, but I just felt like I've gotten better about being more organized in, um, Organized in my storytelling, but still leaving room for those moments where, like, wait, 2 a.m. Actually, that scene isn't gonna work. So let's do this instead. Um, so being used to uh, writing stuff out in my notes app when I need to, or as Jerry Seinfeld tried to do, is scribble down that joke that he had. Wait, late, late one night, and then it just looked like a bunch of trash when he tried to <laughs> tried to remember what he uh, had written. Um, but it's, I don't know, like it's, it's shown me that I'm, I'm capable of doing it. Um, and then I do have like, again, like, I do know what I am doing. I would not be writing this book if I didn't, but, um, I don't know, sometimes you kind of get lost in the sauce of everything and you don't really give yourself more credit than you should. So like, I get, I get storytellings. So who knew, who knew <laughs> that somebody who enjoys Real Housewives of Atlanta um and finds ways to fuse it with the X Men when understands storytelling.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know that that's that's actually a good a good segue at, at this point. Uh, you know, you just earlier this year I believe uh you did a whole uh comic that was basically sort of a a, a slice of life sitcom, you know, but with but with superheroes in it, uh, living heroes, and then. You got to take one of those characters, uh, Monica Rambeau, and write a short for her for Marvel Voices Legacy. Uh, You know, it's not even, you know, it's well, obviously, it's not life imitating art; it's art, it's art imitating art. You know, you got you got to do do the thing you you know you'd already done and do it with that you know a character that you clearly have an affection for. Uh, You know, as your first kind of published. Big two work, <laughs> um, you know how 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 I I, I guess how did that kind of feel when all that was coming together?
1: Um, it felt um, I, I don't know, like it, it felt kind of surreal because <laughs> I you know one I've been waiting for Marvel to e- email me all of that year like with a cease and desist, like hey, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that um but when I got the when I, opportunity came to me it was funny because I spent like two hours freaking out because I was like oh I got to tell like this you know this this hard-hitting story um it's got to be it's got to hit all these emotional notes and stuff like that I was like no you have two pages so do the thing that you've already done um and then probably the reason why they hit you up to begin with and just tell like a fun relatable story with these superheroes and the the and then next thing i knew like the idea about the supermarket came to me because it's around thanksgiving where i found out that i would be writing a story and i was like oh man i gotta go to the grocery store with my mom she's gonna leave me with the card at some point we're gonna be in checkout and it's just gonna be a race to will she get back in enough time or am i gonna have to look back and forth like courage cowardly dog or get out my card and pay for these things so what's gonna happen um i was like okay so we'll do that with monica her mom and we'll get in she hulk and thor because those were her old avengers um co-workers um and i thought it would be fun if thor was there because thor um (laughs) was a jerk to monica the first few times um when they met and uh, he was working with her on the team so um, I just thought it'd be fun if he was there. They made nice eventually, and um, he would be there for her dad's birthday party. Same thing with um, She-Hulk, mm-hmm. who took up for her, but also told her to go um, go get hit by a truck because she made a mess that they were trying to clean up worse. Yeah, no, Monica, no. She-Hulk really told Monica to go play in the street in the Avengers comic. Very well, so, because Monica did make a mess of things
0: uh but the, the, the good news is it's all be- it's all better now.
1: Yes, yes, it's all better now. It's all fine. They can <laughs> all the they can take man. family
0: trips to Kroger.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'd be a funny thing to be like in Kroger, and you see like Thor and She Hulk like walking down the aisle picking up chips. They got to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then like you know. Most superheroes wear their, their super suits all the time. So <laughs> yes, there's no way you're not spotting that. I mean, it's
2: one of the greatest Marvel comic moments of all time is the Hulk going into a grocery store in yes. nearby to where we live, Montclair, New Jersey, <laughs> buying all the beans that he could possibly buy.
1: Yes. It's, <laughs> how can you not love those moments?
0: Matt, I saw where you were going. Like, I'm oh close <laughs> <Hulk> beans.
2: <laughs> it does. It's
0: true. It's true.
2: <laughs> Is there any news on uh, Living Heroes season two? Uh, I picked up the physical copy right after my wife and I binged all four seasons of yeah. Living Single on Hulu. And she had seen it. I never had. She's like, oh, you'd like this. And I watched it. I was like, yes I did and then Vita put something up on Twitter like there's a few copies of this last so I was like okay well I'll, I'll take one um and I loved how the book captures both the feel of that show and the feel of the characters you're using
1: yeah um so that was a really fun because that was really a challenge um to me um like how do I make this sitcom that everyone loves and also these characters like this these marvel property characters feel both new and old at the same time um and also feel as though they could fit in this world so um that was quite a challenge and i'm happy to like hear from folks like no this felt like this could very much be its own thing like on like a disney animated series or um you know some weird what if for living single in itself that was ever be a thing and this is all because i wanted to make a joke about the Missy and i having to get a new roommate because gene died <laughs> <laughs> that's that literally how this um this came to be because i watched the first episode of living single because i also was doing that binge right and uh i believe the first episode is when sinclair moves in because um She either like moves to the city or gets kicked out. One of the two, and I was like, "Yeah, that's Misty." But Jean died. The Phoenix Force doesn't pay rent, and (laughs) I already knew that. Like Storm had family um, and ties to Harlem, and you know, Jen's already in uh, New York, and she's a lawyer. So duh, Maxine. Then you have Sam there, um, and then White Wingfoot, our Overton. and also, our Kyle, and it's like, here we go. Let's do it.
2: And, and don't even get me started on my own what if theory that at the end of the series, after Khadija and Scooter go off, they get involved in some sort of weird government thing. And that's how you get both the equalizer and black lightning.
1: See, there we go. <laughs> I love yeah. this for all of us. <laughs> yes, I do too. <laughs>
2: And hopefully, you know, Storm will be able to, if you can do a season two, she'll be able to make it back from Morocco because, you know, she's queen of space now. And that's the whole thing. And we all know that, you know, screw you, Fox. After they started interfering that last season, the show kind of lost steam when they, you know, kind of forced some of those actors away. You need that whole cast. They they were a unit. Yeah, Fox.
1: um... If it wasn't for Alien, I don't know. I just, um, I would write them off. Alien and also um, Terminator, right? Yeah. Am I making that up?
2: I'm trying to think. I mean, they were all, had they, Dark Horse had all those licenses no, at one no, no, point no. or another. It's Alien and Predator. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Alien and Predator. I'm making up because Terminator, you could actually uh, do the, <laughs> the live action ride at Universal ah uh, uh, that, that'll do uh, it okay yeah you have sarah connor um yelling at you to come on <laughs> and this man who is like 35 playing um <laughs> john ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times
0: okay so the terminator is safe it's on peacock
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh and also terminator influence inubia at amazons uh when it comes out of the wheel
0: Hmm. there you go <laughs> um are there people who really put olives in potato salad <laughs> i know that's a really stupid little thing
1: yeah no, i mean no no some people do raisins too Raisins. yeah i don't know why i have no I just leave the raisins out that you just do not need that there and i didn't mean to do that to jessica
0: i'm so sorry no listen hey a a good joke's a good joke i i just i saw those two ingredients and i'm like she's speaking from experience here i know it i'm not going to discount it but my god that sounds like the world's worst potato salad
1: i mean yeah no um so the i so the nine to five um potlucks i do not miss those um yeah no Someone brought mac and cheese once, where it was literally like the mac noodles uh-huh. and the mac pasta and like shredded cheese. Okay. It was just tossed up, and that was just it. And they were um, trying their best, but
0: yeah, okay. but blasphemy. <laughs>
1: yeah, Try mac and cheese. Um, so yeah, anyway, like you could have just went to Panera and just got, <laughs> just got, just got something. Like a tub of that and it would have been fine. It's in the hospital. You didn't even have to leave the building. You could have just walk
0: right over there. Um, I I did want to ask, there's a there's a great the back page is this great spread of of uh, all these different black superheroes and and you know basically kind of like a hairstyle look book. It's mm-hmm. an ad for for Stevie's hair salon. Um Bishop in particular. I, like, please tell me if I'm 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 not picking this up right, but like I got very strong Eric LaSalle and Coming to America vibes from Bishop.
1: Yes, so that is correct. Also, if you would have said um, Ice Cube in um, Boys in a Hood, that also would have been okay. Collective. Okay. Uh, but definitely, either one of those, you are correct.
0: Yeah. No, Bishop definitely seemed a little bit more like. Uh, or
1: it's definitely gl- more so.
0: glamorous. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that yeah. soul glow, exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, boy, um, and you know,
1: and part of the reason for wanting to do that is for Shard mm-hmm. in the Tippas, the Tippas cut, because um, in X Men TAS, uh-huh. the first time I saw Shard, the only time I saw her was um, whatever that episode is, where they gotta like say Professor X, which is just like you really could let him die. But
2: anyway, um... <laughs> he needs to be there and kind of get the ball rolling, and then he can, you know.
1: Yeah, but like oh, Storm and Wolverine had to sacrifice their love. Like they found love in the apocalypse. So that's mm-hmm. very hard to do in a dystopian future. Um, the happiest that they probably ever had been. But anyway, when I saw Shard show up, um, I thought T-Boss. And I just always associated that character with TLC since that time.
0: No, that's that's that is a perfect uh, analogy, and and Shard is definitely one of those characters that has been uh, like Nubia woefully uh, oh. underused. So when when uh, Vita brought Shard back in uh, Prisoner X a couple of years ago, uh, very happy to see, <laughs> very yeah. happy to see her.
2: <laughs> but in, in all fairness, if Storm and Wolverine had brought them together, Storm would not be with her her one true, which is Yukio all the way.
1: This is very true, and it's funny. Um... <laughs> Because I thought about instead of that end scene being Yukio and uh, Storm and Forge, I thought Yukio, Storm, and Wolverine because Wolverine and Yukio also—that's
0: true. That little thing.
1: Uh-huh. So I was like, wow, y'all are just—you know—everyone <laughs> switches black books every now and again. It's just <laughs> no. like, hey, are you still talking to that person? We mm-hmm. love the X Men. They keep it all in the family.
0: <laughs> I, I was—I t- was actually trying trying to figure out based on all that because you know uh, or juggling all these relationships quite well uh you know what i get the sense that you're not the biggest aurora t'challa shipper
1: no um for several <laughs> reasons um mm-hmm. and that's mainly been because of the way uh the relationship has been written and i mean mm-hmm. comics isn't always that great to relationships anyway but true um I don't know, like it just kind of always rubbed me the wrong way because you have like (laughs) kind of rest to sew Eric Jerome Dickey's um, tie-in to the bigger one and that one always is kind of a little off-putting to me because I always kind of hate the thing and I love romance novels so I'm very familiar with this trope where Mm -hmm. um, you know, they meet at a young age or maybe early 20s or something like that, the woman gives her virginity to this guy gives her virginity like it's a fucking gift anyway they meet later in life and mm-hmm. she ends up meeting her first i mean she ends up marrying her first because she was always destined to him and all the other bullshit and then mm-hmm. <laughs> when uh they go into the tie-in for um or the actual like the main story of um t'challa leading up to his wedding it's um <laughs> he like interrupts the x-men are on a mission and t'challa is there like hey i need to talk to you because." I've decided that we need to get married. It's like, wait, what? Like they're running for their lives. Cause I, I think at this time, like the X-Men are in between homes. Cause isn't this just, this is just before M-Day and all those, no, no, no. This is this after or before?
0: If they were on the run, it would, it would be between like decimation and whenever they moved to San Francisco.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's something weird like that. But yeah. like they're in between places to live.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, because the wedding issue is a Civil War tie-in, so that's There we go. After M-Day, so this is right, yeah, this is in between House of M and Civil Complex. Yeah, so so. it's definitely Decimation era. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I feel like you caught her at this vulnerable time, like she needs somewhere to stay, so yeah, like I probably would tell you yes too. So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) they're like, um, they're in a relationship and and it's just that the way the storm is written sometimes, same way that Sue is written sometimes, when um in her relationship with we uh Reed, where they're just kind of minimized a little bit. Yeah. Now, does the relationship does now can the relationship work? Have I seen Have I seen it written in the way that I I actually really like um Dwayne McDuffie and his um Fantastic Four initiative.
2: Read my mind. Mm-hmm.
1: Love it. Even love Reed and Sue in that um it was it's it's great um and also just recently um tochi uh the black panther legends uh series or whatever uh storm makes her appearance and now that is beautiful retelling of the meeting when they're younger um storm you see this young girl who is dealing with the balance of being considered a goddess but also a child at the same time and how she kind of shoulders that um it's actually some of the most beautifully written storm i've seen and wow so if you haven't checked that out go check that 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 um i think it's issue number two but the issue before that's good too so like you know it could work i just would rather not see it fair (laughs) like i'm not gonna i won't fuss too much
0: (laughs) Uh, So uh, we did get a Twitter question in from uh, number one uh, Twitter Inquisitor Asimov Fangirl, who asks, if you could put the cast of Nubia in a sitcom setting uh, similar to Living Heroes, uh, which show would you choose?
1: You know, I would choose The Office. Okay. For several reasons. Yes. (laughs) So... um... All right, so uh, Hippolyta would be our Michael. But without, or maybe I would write her kind of that way. Um, Maybe she would be as goofy as Mark Michael is sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Philippus would end up being our, I guess she would be our Jan a little bit. I'll okay. probably write that just a little bit differently, but yeah, um, Nubia would be. Hmm. I don't know who Nubia would be. You gotta give me more time to think about that, but I would yeah. write it off a of style. <laughs> um, I don't know if there would be direct parallels for each of these characters, but I would figure it out. I think mm-hmm. my next runner up would be girlfriends.
0: Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Now for that one, we could definitely do um. We'll have Artemis as part of the main cast. We'll have Yar, Floor, there, Diana, mm-hmm. Nubia, and one other Amazon, maybe Io. Okay. Yeah.
0: I like that. i so now the office
1: one. Now you're about to. You all are probably about to get a tweets a little tweet thread soon because now there's bacon in my brain.
0: I I look forward to that. <laughs> I I spent the entire as issues at the office. I'm like. Who is the
1: who are the June Pam here? I would I would figure it out, trust me. Give me a little time, I'll figure I will. it out. Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> we look forward to it. Um so, so does, does that mean we would get a Parks and Rec featuring the Bonham McDowell? Because Yes,
1: we would have to, <laughs> right, at this point. Um, I mean, hell, I would even make it so that the Bonham McDowell were um like a rival company. To um Dunder Mifflin um or the the Amazons. And you know what? And Yara and the tribe that she's from, there would just be another little rival company. Again, let me give me some time. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm absolutely. gonna figure all this out.
0: Bonus so content I really right like here. the
1: idea of this, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what? That's the fun thing. I like exercises like that because um, again, superheroes. They can punch, yeah. they can flip and do all these things, but um, I find it most fun when you're able to um, speak to a character and like, what would they order if they were at the bar? Like what type of drink would they get? Um, mm-hmm. Would they leave a tip? Um, and just all of the things that I kind of explore in Living Heroes where you have them in these regular mundane um, type of low stakes scenarios, but they kind of still act and do in the same way they would if they were fighting. Um, Thanos or the scroll or something like that. Like it's just um, instead, it's figuring out what hairstyle they're gonna get.
2: Now my brain has just absolutely started spinning Parks and Rec in Gotham with Batman as Ron Swanson. And
1: See, there you oh my god, there you go, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> Dick Grayson is absolutely Leslie Nope. I mean, he's just you know the, the ray of sunshine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I had to, yes. Who's and Red the, Hood?
2: Who's uh, oh,
0: Jason? Oh, oh. boy. Mm. Okay. That's, no, no, that wouldn't work.
2: It's like, okay.
0: Who's the, who's oh. the joker in this? Councilman Jam? No.
1: <laughs> I mean, Sean Ralphio. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Technically, I'm
1: homicidal. Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay then
0: jam is harvey dent yes there
2: you go you just got dented oh, oh no, what
0: a is, wonderful rabbit hole
1: yes we <laughs> can do this all night this is my day-to-day welcome to stephanie's brain
0: ah <laughs> oh, man um so i was wondering as somebody who does have a, a a science background who's worked in science fields do you ever catch yourself reading some of the more like STEMI elements of comics and saying that's not how any of this works or have you been so inured to comics for your entire life that you know you just you you brush past it
1: so funny enough I don't because someone's asked me that before and then I thought about it and I'm like man that must be really weird because I, I I legitimately do not mm. I feel like maybe at some point um when I was younger I might have um but after working in the field I'm like you know what we're all actually kind of it too. So no, mm-hmm. it, it, it all pans out.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, I am, this is somebody who is looking forward to the Roland um, Embrick movie, Moonfall. Mm-hmm. Because I know, I know that the moon would not fall into the earth. However, that does not stop me from thinking of that being my top one, top two ways to go out if we have to be in a, cal- like a just a, a terrible, terrible world ended event like just mm-hmm. go ahead let, let the moon fall on it down to the earth but I know that's not what's happening some like aliens or some shit I don't know Halle Berry's in there driving the, driving a space shuttle like she was that van and kidnapped so I'm in
0: <laughs> awesome <laughs> you can't
1: beat that
0: um you just got announced for c2e2 uh yeah looking forward to seeing you there by the way I will be there uh is is this your first show since uh the pandemic started
1: no so I actually did one um show um maybe three weeks ago and that was um uh minicon charlotte minicon which is like the Mm. smaller version of heroes con okay which I love so if you're ever in the charlotte area it's definitely a con to go to um it's Mm -hmm. very creator heavy and friendly so um you get to focus on the artists the writers um and all of that and i, I love it i love it it's the best um because it doesn't feel so it doesn't feel as overwhelming as like a dragon con or <laughs> sdcc can feel
0: that's awesome um what are you reading right now
1: Ooh, what am i reading right now um I just finished uh, The mini Deaths of Layla Starr about mm-hmm. a month ago. Mm-hmm. I just, um, not a comic, but I just started Alien um, Infiltration because I read the alien novels because they're actually really, really good. Okay. As well as the comics. Um, How to suggest checking those out. Um, and Lore Olympus. I got the hardcover. So this is my first time actually reading through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Those, that's something I'm currently reading and I'm like I'm always reading older comics so I think right now I'm reading um some old daredevil where echo uh shows up for oh. the first time so mm-hmm. um get into that and you know the amazing artwork and the women with the big breasts and small to ourselves. so fun <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was like you know what newbie and the amazons has to look as horny as possible at all times <laughs>
0: <laughs> mission accomplished
1: and it gets worse or better depending on um how you feel about that as the issues progress especially issue three and four. okay yeah So be on the lookout
0: good to know well uh stephanie uh this has been uh, a fantastic uh hour plus uh Final question, rewind, as we wind down here, uh, how can people follow you online, keep up with newbie on the Amazons, uh, Living Heroes and everything else that you have going on?
1: Oh, you can follow me on all social media. I even have a TikTok. Um, and that's at Steph underscore I underscore Will. Uh, you can check out stuff.com And I usually am pretty good about posting about what I'm doing. But I got to think about this because I've been wanting to deactivate from Twitter uh, for a little bit. Just needing the quiet or whatever so if you happen to go and i'm not there just check out why or instagram or tiktok and you can find me on those apps too
0: stephanie thank you so much for coming on the show
1: yeah thank you for letting me um talk your ears off you said you want talking so i was like I-, I got
0: you i i a good episode <laughs> is when it. i no longer have ears that is that is true <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this week's show as a reminder, wmq and is part of Comics XF, where you can find this podcast along with our sister podcasts, Battle of the Atom, Chris's on Infinite Earths, and the new Bat Chat with Matt and Will, co-hosted by our own Matt Lazowitz and our bud Will Nevin. You can listen to wmq on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, and at ComicsXF.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at Patreon.com/WMQComics. Where a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, shoutouts on the podcast, and a customized bonus reading column written by Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice. A $2 donation gets you a free random comic in the mail for my collection. A $3 donation gets you a slot in the Comics XF staff picks. And a $50 donation lets you advertise on the show. Big thanks to our patrons Charlie Davis from the Match Club podcast, Robert Secundus from Toxman at Comics XF, Carla Pacheco from Marvel's Spider Woman series. Cap herself from ComicsXF, and Asimov Fangirl, a.k.a. the loyalist content consumer. You can follow WMQ&A on Twitter at WMQComics, me at Daniel P. Grote, Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013, and ComicsXF at ComicsXF. And until next week, remember, when there was one set of footprints in the sand, that's when the Hulk carried you. WMQA!